Steve Bannon's big 60 Minutes interview post leaving the White House, plus Serena Williams telling us the name of her new baby girl and Tony Romo being actually very good at his brand new job, did not make the top 10 for this week's conversations list. So what big stories were there? Well, spoiler alert, lots of Irma did make it into the top 10, plus plenty of other big stories to talk about in this week's weekly wrap-up podcast from This is a Conversation for the week ending September the 16th, 2017. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Jake Payne. I'm your host for This is the Conversation's weekly wrap-up podcast where we wrap up the week's worth, or eight days or so worth of stories uh, to talk about in our conversation chatter boxes, our conversation venues on the internet. Number one, our website, thisistheconversation.com, and of course, social media where everything happens all over the place. Check us out at This Is A Conversation on Facebook. Look for This Is A Conversation. And for Twitter, it is TH underscore conversation. Make sure you set us up so that we are top in your feed so that when you see a conversation, a story topic about news stories, some of them the top stories, some of them trending stories, some of them just interesting things that seem to pop up in my inbox, you can react to them. Just like it, love it, respond to it, retweet it, uh, do whatever you like to it. Just show that you're interacting with the story. And the most interacted stories throughout the week get added to this list, the top 10 list here for this podcast. And we'll go into those in just a minute. For more information about how everything works and how you can help out in different conversations, check out the main website. As we already said, this is the conversation.com. Now, very quickly, let's go ahead and get into the top 10 for this week. And uh, the number one will not surprise you. And most of the number one through tens won't surprise you either. But this was a very big week this past week for Storm Week three, you can say. We had Harvey come into town, Texas specifically, about two weeks ago. And then we had the dealing with the aftermath. And then we had Irma come into town, technically into Florida, on Saturday and wreak havoc early into the week. And now they're, of course, dealing with their aftermath. A very different storm between the Harvey, which brought lots and lots of rain and flooding to Texas areas, which aren't ready for it, where they were prepared for a little bit of flooding. And they got some flooding in many areas in Florida. But the devastation from this storm, basically the same size or basically the same category, Cat 5 for most part. Uh, but the winds and the sheer size of it causing so much damage, a lot of the area. We've talked about the Bahamas and the areas in the island before because it happened more or less in the last part of last week. The lower parts of Florida and the Keys uh, dealing with serious devastation similar to some of those places in the low-lying islands there. So we'll get a lot of Irma in this top ten. We're going to start with the number 10 story, which is a Irma-related story. It is Walt Disney World. The Orlando version of Walt Disney, Walt Disney World, closed its doors for two days to prepare and deal with Hurricane Irma, as expected. Not many people are going to be in the park during a hurricane. This is only like the fourth time in history they've actually closed the park early and kept some things down to make sure that everything was safe, everything was taken care of. Coincidentally, one of the live shots from a few days after Irma, that might have been the day after when power was starting to be restored to the bulk of the state, 
was a shot of Disney World being wide open with people going to rides. The people there, the reporters there, got a chance to get in line and ride some rides to prove some were there. Now, there are some pictures of some rides and some things that are shut down because of some severe damage and some pieces missing with the high winds. But most of the park was wide open for at least strolling and no debris whatsoever. It was hinted by the reporter that the millions, maybe not millions, but the armies of people that work for Disney probably all got out there and had an extra hand dealing with the debris part first to get people in the park and then dealing with the other issues, uh, fixing what needs to be fixed and, of course, shutting some things down. No, Not a big official listings of some things down, but if you check their app and you check um, sites for people who live in the area who keep up these things for other people, it's a big business keeping up with Disney, there are plenty of listings of what things were closed, what things are going to be redone. You can see that for yourself. But Walt Disney World, a place where uh, magic happens every single day, at least for two days, no magic as Hurricane Irma came over, but back into action, back to business pretty much right after that. Number nine story, also hurricane-related and Irma-related. This goes to Rush Limbaugh. This story uh, is about 6%, 6.5% more popular, more engaged than the number 10 story. What happened with Rush Limbaugh this last week? Well, he evacuated his um, home in Florida as Irma was on its way to come. Now, why is that such a big thing? Because everybody with sense would evacuate? Rush Limbaugh spent the week before touting Hurricane Irma as a climate change hoax, which was pretty much created by the liberals because climate change is a liberal hoax and it's what it is. This big, massive hurricane that was going to take out so much much debris, so much uh, material and do so much damage and leave so much in the wake of it uh, was a hoax. It was a joke. It was something made up by the liberals to scare everybody. And then on Friday, Rush Limbaugh disappeared uh, he announced that because of the hurricane, because of his evacuation, it was unfeasible, impossible, not going to happen to broadcast that day. Mark Stein, I believe, filled in for that Friday. He's a popular fill-in guest, so that happens. Although Rush used to do the, the show from New York fairly often, now apparently the logistics of that happening wasn't so easy. He does it from his home, essentially, in Florida. He has a studio set in his home where he sets things up, presses a button, and the magic of the internets happens, and that goes on. So essentially, it was probably more of a detail of dealing with the uh, environmentals of the industry, internet, uh, Wi-Fi, services like that not being reliable at the time of the hurricane preparation and when the hurricane came through, as opposed to Rush Limbaugh necessarily needing to leave his home, although leaving his home was probably the smarter thing to do in the first place, second place, third place, however place. The number eight story is breaking news going on right now. Uh, it is exactly tied at the response rate with uh, the Rush Limbaugh story, but it's it made it in. We put it in about uh, five, six hours before we recorded this thing. So obviously it was a pretty big deal happening overnight for us uh, during the morning rush for Londoners. They were dealing with a terror attack, an explosion or fire incident inside of a train during the London rush hour. Now, its details are still trying to be worked out, but there have been some pictures inside of social media of what exactly it seemed like happened. Uh, basically, some sort of incendiary device, a bomb or something, went off inside of a train car. What saved the lives of people, no one uh, killed in this, but many people damaged and people hurt with mostly sort of burns uh, going on, uh, was essentially that the doors of the train opened, allowing people to get out of the, out of the way. 
it caused a slight bit of, bit of panic, as you expect. But if the doors of that train car would have been stayed closed, uh, the explosion would have had a full effect and probably killed a lot of people instead of just being a weird terror attack. Of course, Donald Trump already uh, lotting against the terrorists in this one right now, calling them losers, which is a popular term he has for terrorist acts, and saying that uh, we will do what we will do to uh, help out London and, of course, tossing out the whole travel ban thing again. That's uh, something does uh, very often with terrorist attacks overseas. It says we need a travel ban when we don't exactly know what's going on. Uh, we'll probably know, I'll probably find out as soon as I get done with the recording for this morning more details on this, but it's still fairly early developing for London, still within about 12, 15 hours of it happening there, and still within about six hours of this posting this before we're recording for this morning for the weekend's edition of the podcast. But this already was big enough to jump into the top 10 with just six hours' notice, and that is the terror attack in uh, London on the train. Also, uh, basically a terror attack, but we're not exactly sure how it works out, is a shooting in Plano, Texas, leaving eight people dead. That's the number seven story. That story is 19% more engaged than the last one. And this is one, in the wake of all the things going on, I had to go back and double-check the actual story. And this happened on Sunday. Uh, eight people dead at the time. The suspect was dead after shooting in a home in Plano, Texas. Plano is, of course, outside of Dallas. And the details got a little sketchy during the week as things filled out. Uh, it may have been a a football watch party. Of course, football season began last Sunday or last Thursday to be exact. But last Sunday, a lot of football game going on. So a lot of people at a football at a house watching football uh, being sh- being uh, just entertained. And the motive for the shooting was never determined, at least not officially determined. The shooter was shot by police officers who responded to calls for the attack. It's kind of a freak accident, a freak incident for a town like Plano, a very quiet suburb, if you will, of Dallas. But eight people dead in this shooting, including the shooter in the attack at a home, just a private home in Plano, Texas, happening on Sunday. Now, this is a particular Trump thing that happened a few days ago. Donald Trump has been going back and forth and back and forth on the DREAM Act thing. You know, uh, two weeks ago, he basically said the DREAMers uh, got to go. DACA, the act that allowed the DREAMers, these are kids brought over uh, from um, other places illegally. They're not citizens. They are already born, so they're not born here and the, the whole anchor thing. But these are young children brought over into the States illegally under false pretenses who are still here who are doing fairly good things for the world. Many are serving military. Many are going to college. Many are very, very capable and very productive members of the workforce, paying taxes and all that, if you will. But they're not legal immigrants. They're not legally documented. So they had kind of a pass to um, stick, stick around because they weren't brought here on purpose. Now, Donald Trump has basically reversed that he's already uh, had people ice picking up various people who have applied for the dream act and now he's officially killing the act at least in six months the plan is six months down the line the dream act will officially be gone daca will be dead and six months is the time frame that allows congress to fix it to get something else in place to make up for this because he wants to say he he's doing what his base wants and he's doing all the stuff for illegal immigration at the same time he says he loves the dreamers he loves what they're doing and there's a caveat to this there's a lot of focus especially with donald trump throwing up the border wall and people coming up from the gangs in 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 mexico mexico specifically but southern america the hispanic states there uh more or less in general there are very very 
very large numbers of people who fall under this act, the DREAM Act, and very large numbers of people brought to this country, um, not so much illegally, but brought to this country and staying, overstaying visas from other countries. We know the biggest issue with uh, people who are staying here with illegal immigration is people coming on student visas, bringing their families, sticking around past their visas, and just kind of living their lives so people assume they just got their citizenship. That's the biggest issue. And kids brought over with families from visas have the same issues. So many places over in Europe, over in India, over in Africa are having the same issues. So there's many people under DACA who are not necessarily Hispanic origin. Meanwhile, Donald Trump says he is killing it, but then he made a deal with the Democrats. He worked with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, who we called Nancy and Chuck in the actual thing, to say they had a deal to work the DREAM Act out and they're going to have it. Uh, a nice little reprieve in it, working out on the same deal with a short reprieve to make sure the government doesn't shut down essentially in a few days. Then he said that didn't happen. And then he said it did. And then he said he didn't. So there's flip-flopping all around. But Donald Trump saying he did not actually cut a deal with Democrats on the DREAM Act, while the Democrats... Chuck and Nancy, at least, saying he did cut a deal. We'll see how that deal works out. The number five story for the week, this one up 12. Oh, by the way, the the, the Trump the deal with Democrats is a 1% jump from the number seven story. The five to six, or six to five, I should say, is a 12.99%, almost 13% jump in that story. That story is Eric Bowling from Fox News, who was fired on Friday amid all of the weird uh, sexual harassment allegations that were going up against him at Fox News. But Eric Bowling, a very popular host, have doing a couple of shows on his own, plus filling in for all the big shows, and of course a member of the Fox News Specialist and The Five, uh, was fired because he is just another person wrapped up in the whole sexual misconduct thing at Fox News. Apparently, old white guys or older white guys uh, tend to have issues with them um, not knowing how to act around the other gender. That just seems to be a pattern, not... The, I can throw all the allegedly's you want in there, but essentially this was an issue where Bowling was sending uh, solicit, solicited, unsolicited, illicit text messages. Say that three times fast. Uh, and that, of course, got him in trouble. He's not the first. Chances are he won't be the last. To make this a really sad story, a few days later, his son uh, committed suicide. His son who was apparently dealing with a lot of issues and of serious, serious issues with dealing with the treatment his dad was de- dealing with at Fox News. Apparently this was a pretty big family issue, which you would think his son um, could, not take the, could not take the pressure, and he committed suicide a few days after uh, the, the firing and the very public firing and the very big blasting that he got, his father got in the media. Of course, the entire media uh, fraternity uh, sort of circled around Eric Bowling and gave their condolences on the loss of his son, even those who are direct competitors of Eric Bowling, even those who may not have been big fans of Eric and his work, uh, definitely all showing their support for the man uh, losing a son, the father-son thing, even if the whole work thing was something they believe may have been you know, something that he saw coming or should have been coming. Obviously, the loss of his son, uh, which was an all story here, didn't quite make it in the top ten, was also a big deal, and a lot of people jumped to his support on that. Now let's go to the number four story for this week. This is just a 1% jump from that last story, but it was a pretty big deal, pretty quick thing happening with Jim Carrey. 
You have probably seen the video of Jim Carrey on the runway at a Fashion Week uh, event for New York Fashion Week with one of the reporters from E! Uh, just talking about whatever, because that's what red carpet things are. You pick a star, you grab them, you pull them from the mic, they say cute things, you talk about the movie they're going on, they talk about what good they're wearing, whatever. She, um, she being the reporter, whose name I don't have in my report here, um, started off, you know, pretty normal for her interview. And then Jim Carrey went into a very weird, bizarre thing about us being completely meaningless, this thing being completely meaningless, and we not existing, we just being energy and something and something, something. It was extremely odd, extremely weird. He did some pacing around the reporter for about 60, 90 seconds before even beginning to start the interview. It was a bizarre thing all around. Now, if you've seen Jim Carrey in the media lately, you've seen various facets and faces of the rubber-faced uh, comedian from back in the day. You saw him on a viral video talking about God and spirituality. You saw him a few days ago talking with Michael Moore in his one-man show, where I guess it's not one man at one part where he does an interview. He did some yakking about things there. He did this for Fashion Week. Jim Carrey, of course, uh, has been very public and vocal about his bouts with depression, serious mental illness. Uh, so we're pretty sure he's more or less okay or at least being taken care of but the words and statements he's been using lately have been a little out of spectrum so hopefully we'll get some some idea of where things are going with this and uh and hopefully things will be fine he'll be back to making some good movies and entertaining us and not doing entertainment by just being randomly weird although randomly weird it's not such a bad thing but sometimes people tend to worry the number three story for the week is this one goes up around 7.4% higher than the number four. We go to Husker Du. You may remember that band from way back when. Grant Hart, the original drummer from the band, dying at the age of 56. This may be the first actual death that's been in the top ten um, that hasn't been someone of a political bent, has been like a president or a prime minister type person. Uh, this is the first actual big time death, a famous person, obviously, that's been this high. In fact, number three on the list. Uh, we've had a lot of deaths in music lately, and um, this being so high so quick is a testament to the love of nostalgic music, I would say. Uh, a lot of people jumping on the Husker Du bandwagon, even many folks, millennials, who had no idea who it was. Then they started hearing some of the music, and they was like, oh, I've heard that song before. So we, of course, memorialized Grant Hart, uh, drummer from Husker Du, who died at the age of 56 this week. And then the top two stories are both Irma-related, and they uh, essentially back, back, bounce back and forth on each other. The number two story jumps about 2.9% from the three, and the number one story is 7% higher than that one. Number two, Hurricane Irma makes landfall in Cuba at Category 5. Now, we believed at the time that Cuba was going to be mostly spared from the storm, even though the size of it was going to send some storm, some of the storm its way. But the eye actually did a nice little trip over Cuba, knocking out power, knocking down infrastructure, and leaving that nation in pretty bad shape. Many of the nations, many of the islands who had to take direct hits from the, the hurricane are not doing so well. In fact, the really, if you want to call it ironic thing about the timing of Irma, is we are weeks away from the real tourist season in the in the Caribbean, uh, with the temperatures getting much cooler in North America. Uh, a lot of people from up here and a lot of people from Europe as well uh, make their way to Caribbean tours in the around the equator in the tropics, where it's always much warmer. So cruise ships and travel to all inclusives get really really big in the winter time 
and the late fall when things get cooler up in the northern parts of the nation and other parts of the world. This is, of course, going to give some devastation. Uh, still many areas which are essentially destroyed. It uh, looks like years to rebuild things. In fact, the, some of the ports uh, that are expected to do heavy travel, which brings in lots of money to this industry and to this region, not going to open for quite some time. We'll see how well that works out. And the number one story, which was a relief for Florida, was that after the hurricane went over Cuba at a Cat 5, it went back down to a Cat 3. The storm started as a 5 when it hit Barbados, or Bar- 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 Barduda, Barbuda. Uh, how is it I'm saying that one? It was Cat 5 of his first hit at Barduda, uh, went down to 4, uh, went back up to 5 to hit Cuba, and then went back down to a 3, and then raised back up to a 4 as it w- he hit the Keys on late Saturday and ripped up all the way through Sunday and early into Monday. Uh, so Irma strengthened to a Cat 4 hurricane at its top. Uh, the storm still exists. The storm went all the way up into the region for Atlanta. There were flooding watches uh, in um, South Carolina. The storm itself still, in some sort of way, is still out there, although it, it, it degraded to, from a tropical storm fairly long ago and now it's no longer a big, massive storm. Uh, other storms in the, are in the Gulf, in the ocean. Uh, another hurricane expected to hit um, Mexico today sometime as well. But uh, what we had is this massive storm, another very damaging storm, another very uh, historic storm for the damage it did, for the size it was. And we're going to see how our reaction here in the States goes as we're dealing, of course, with just two weeks ago or two and a half weeks ago, Hurricane Harvey in the Texas and Louisiana region and this one in the Florida going up north to Georgia, South Carolina region issues as well. So that concludes the top 10 list for this week from 10 to 1 the uh, engagement rate went up from 80 80.43% so from the 10th story which was the Walt Disney World closing for Irma to the number 1 story Irma hitting category 4 on its way to the keys uh, jumping about 80% in engagement all the way lots of chatter lots of talk lots of interaction from you conversationalists we thank you so much for being all a part of what we have going on to remind you how to be in the conversation you just be in the conversation. It's just like that. Follow us on social media. On Facebook, look for This Is The Conversation. And make sure you set us up so that we are in your feed. You know, you can like things and you never see any things. Make sure you set us up so we are priority in your feed so our stories pop up so you can re- interact with them. On Twitter, follow us at TH underscore conversation. Keep an eye out for what's going on there as well. Like us, love us, share us, do what you can to interact with the stories. And that gets it higher up into the countdown for the week of course check out all stories at our main website this is a conversation.com and if you check it out there you can leave comments and remarks there on the stories there they get added into the tally and they all go together and we let you know every weekend how the big stories went for the week just like that so thank you for being engaged with last week's conversations we hope you'll be just as engaged coming up in this week's conversation and just a bit we'll be back with the uh, also thans the other rands the whatever we're calling the stories the biggest ones sometimes not so biggest ones some of the other stories that did not quite make the top 10 including uh, the stories about tony romo being good at calling football and just as well as he was kind of good at playing football Plus, we'll talk about Steve Bannon talking about the Trump administration after he's left and what he's going to do about the GOP. He's got some ideas. That and some more great stories coming up in just a bit as we continue the podcast, the weekly wrap-up podcast for This is a Conversation.com. 
conversation survey panel is a way for you to be even more engaged with the conversation. Now, what is this thing we call a conversation survey panel? It's a way to take surveys. It's a way to take paid surveys. It's a way to take what we're calling enhanced surveys, where we're looking for more detailed information from you out there. Real people who have real opinions on things, and we have a way to reach you by sending you surveys to get information for people who need them, who want them, people who are willing to pay us money to find you, to pay you money to do surveys. Now, here's the selling point I have for joining a conversation survey panel. Have you ever been a part of a survey panel online before? I know I have, and part of the reason why I created This Is The Conversation and the survey panel along with it was part of a project for a better way to make these survey things happen. I know that I join many different survey panels online, and they send you qualifying surveys before they send you a survey. They'll give you an announcement for a survey that may pay you $0.25, cents, may pay you $1.50, maybe pay you even 3 $4, a big high-paying survey. You expect more detail from the survey if they say they're going to pay you that much, so that's not a problem. You have no problem with doing a qualifying survey to make sure that you're good for the survey. That's not so much a problem. Problem was, the survey companies I was attached to would have a survey, then send to another qualifying survey, then send to another qualifying survey, then send to another qualifying survey, only to unqualify you or disqualify you from the process when all you wanted to do was give about five, ten minutes to do a survey, knowing it was only going to make about 50 cents in the survey activity. But you go through about five, six minutes of surveys to find out you're not qualified for the survey. Here's what we do. You will fill out a quick survey when you join the conversation survey panel because we need your information. It gathers your information so we can get back with you. So quick demographics, your age, your background, household, things like that. Every so often we will send a more demographic type surveys and when we do that we'll let you know. And every so often we'll send out just quick informational surveys. They won't pay very much, if anything, but we'll let you know what they're being used for. And they're used to help develop things we're doing here or uh, other groups that are attached to us uh, officially. And then when a paid survey comes your way, we'll let you know. This survey will pay you $1.150, $2.75, whatever the survey will pay you. And we hope the survey will be something that's comparable to what's being done. So you're not doing a 30-minute survey for 50 cents. But at the same time, when we send you a survey, we'll tell you you get paid. You fill out the survey and drop in your, your PayPal email that's listed with us so we know it's the right person getting the right survey. And we'll pay you within about a week or two from the ending of the survey once everything is cleared. That's simple. You want to do a survey, we'll send you a survey. You do it, we'll pay you. You don't have to be requalified for much of anything when the survey comes. When we're telling you a paid survey is on the way, you have a chance to get in the paid survey. And we really want your information. We really need detailed and diverse information. So that's why we grab you through the conversation. We know that because you love the conversations on top, all types of media and ideas and thoughts and politics and entertainment and whatever we're talking about here inside of the randomness that is the news cycle. We know you're a pretty well-rounded person and have a pretty good idea of things and your opinions would really count so we want your opinion to count and we want to pay you in the process to do that you've got to join go to this is the conversation.com slash survey panel this is the conversation.com slash survey panel and it's just that simple you just go into the survey panel do the quick survey just a quick little survey thing and you are in simple and of course thank you
A few weeks back, we made a pledge to work on our brevity. Uh, it was a way to kind of not be so rambly, especially when we were doing this on a daily basis. And we'd have uh, sometimes 25 different stories based on a day to talk about and going through just sort of the biggest stories. It wasn't really a list of top 10 stories or five stories or three stories. It was just a bunch of stories. And sometimes I would get a bit excited about all the great things of a big day, a lot of things happening about getting in there. Brevity is not so much the best for the relaunch of the podcast that we've done in the last couple of weeks. So we're going to work on tightening up the stories, and I'm getting some people involved to help me do some extra editing out of the stories that I think are really, really cool, but people think shouldn't really make the list because it makes things longer. That's going to make today for a bit of a longer podcast, even if we're not playing the brackets, and hopefully we'll return to the brackets next week. But right now i got a list of uh, a lot of stories listed in this a week where we are up on stories. Uh, we had about 84 different stories on the week from top to bottom. The percentage of engagement from the 84th story to the first story uh, went up, let's see, 3,457%. Now, remember, we're now stretching this thing out a little bit more. So it's basically a seven-and-a-half, eight-day stretch. So there's an extra day of time in some of the stories and we don't cut off everything from literally this morning like we said the one of the top 10 stories from this week's podcast happened as we're recording this six hours before we start recording this morning so we're going to add that to make things a bit more fresh and of course sometimes some stories may linger on if they're in that weird stretch that story about the the incident in the train in london will probably stick around but without further ado or maybe with plenty of ado, just not further of it. We're going to go through some of the big stories of the week, the other vans, the also-rans, and one day we'll have an official name for that, and I'll remember what it is. Now, bear with me. We've got a lot of stories, so we're going to go do it headline style, not necessarily in any particular order, but just kind of how they've been listed when after we pull them out. But these are in order. These next three stories are the three stories, 11, 12, and 13, that didn't quite make the top 10, literally uh, missed it by just smallest percentages. Uh, in fact, I'll give you the percentage of change going down. Um, the number 11 story was only a, um, the number 11 story had a 6% change from 10, or 10 and 6% change from 11, the number 12 story had a 1% change from there, and 13 had about a 0.75% um, change in that one. So it was just so close in, in these back stories. Starting off with Steve Bannon, who sneaked in kind of last minute to make it into the 11 spot. Of course, last Sunday he did a pretty big interview on 60 Minutes where he didn't so much call out Donald Trump, but saying that the media is trying to destroy Donald Trump and trying to play him in a sense, the way the media plays all politicians. And the problem is not Donald Trump. Donald Trump is getting off message. He's getting away from the base that his Breitbart people essentially were. But it's the GOP. Yeah, you know me, the GOP. That's the problem. And Bannon is basically going to attack the members of the GOP, members of the Republican Party, that he chooses to help keep Donald Trump on track because Bannon knows best. Meanwhile, Serena Williams announces the name of her daughter, which, unfortunately, I didn't even think to pull up for this thing, so I can't even tell you what it is. But the big story about the big story was she announced that she's having some complications with the surgery, and she'll be down for a bit longer than she expected. Now, this is something that happens with, quote-unquote, older women having babies. Uh, not that she's that old, but when you're in your 30s having your first kids, it starts to have some issues in that their way. I know that personally because my my wife and I had a young child or had a child 
in our late 30s, and there were some complications from that. So she's talking about that, and they actually went into pretty in detail about many athletes, including many women um, um, uh, tennis players who have had children and had issues getting back into fighting shape, into game shape. A lot of tennis players who go off to have children and come back to play again have issues uh, getting back to top form. We'll see how well Serena does. Serena's pretty much a goddess. She'll figure something out and make this thing happen here. Her and the baby will probably be out there practicing together after about six months. You know how that happens. Tony Romo, the number 13 story, uh, did his debut, or debut as sometimes I say, for CBS calling a game with um, Jim Nance and um, putting up prop bets and predicting with very good accuracy things as they're going to happen in the field. So Tony Romo gets a lot of actual praise and approval for his job in his first game calling for CBS. Of course, lots and lots of people calling for his head when he was placed to replace uh, Phil Simms, the longtime partner for Jim Nance is the number one team. Uh, of course, ratings are a big draw, and Tony Romo's a big draw. As an underrated quarterback, a guy who was actually fairly good, who just couldn't stay healthy, and early in his career made a lot of dumb decisions, he's fairly doing good as a pretty uh, steady first shot for his job as a broadcaster. We'll see how well that continues, how long he goes in there. A brand new Miss America has been crowned. Her name is Carla Munn. She is a former, well, she's still Miss North Dakota. She's also Miss America on top of that. The Cleveland Indians set a Major League Baseball American League record with their 21st consecutive win a few days ago. They hit 22 this morning with a 10th inning walk-off home run. Hope Hicks has been named the permanent White House Communications Director. I believe she's 38, 39, or maybe she's 28, 29. I know she's fairly young. I know she's taking over a very tumultuous position. And we know that Donald Trump does do a lot to promote women, even if he also does a lot to kind of insult women. We'll see how that works out as well. A big debate during all the Irma coverage on the Irma coverage. The big question is, do we really need to send all of our correspondents out into the middle of a hurricane to possibly die? That is a legitimate question, and that is a question that many media analysts put up this week for Irma. They didn't put it up so much for for Harvey itself as they dealt with it, but since there were two hurricanes back-to-back, sending people from one hurricane torture zone to another one, uh, and then some of them heading back to Harvey, to Texas, to tell the stories uh, what's happening there because they don't want those stories forgotten. Is this the right way to continue hurricane coverage by sending your top anchors to go stand in the middle of a storm? Do I need to see Anderson Cooper's blue, deep, sultry eyes telling me about the rain coming down? Maybe, maybe not. But we'll probably have the debate for a long time because ratings during storm coverage, as you know, go up for news broadcasts. The football season began last Thursday, of course, and it began with a loss for the New England Patriots, the defending championship champions, to the Kansas City Chiefs. In a surprising manner, it was a humbling affair for all involved. Maybe not for Tom Brady, who blamed a lot of folks. That may sound familiar, but uh, it wasn't, you know, uh, the coach, Bill Belichick, said it was probably the the, the knock on our butt. We really needed to get our, our heads in the game for the full season. There are plenty of other games to go to make a way for another run in the championship, even though they can maybe be considered the greatest team, the greatest combination, the greatest coach, greatest quarterback. It's still a long road to hoe to get to the actual championship game again. And we know Brady and, and Belichick would like to get there again. And I'm sure most of the guys on the team want another shot as well. ESPN, another sports story, had to apologize this week after the host for their Sports Center 6 o'clock uh, cast 
uh, her name, Jamil Hill, gave some um, not-so-nice tweets about Donald Trump. Speaking in tweets, not on the air, calling Donald Trump a white supremacist, um, they got back, of course, to the media in general and the White House, and the White House demanded an apology and also uh, sort of implied she should probably be fired. However, she was not fired, and her any, any news of reprimand was not released, but ESPN did release an apology for the words that she used. Whether you believe she should have had to apologize herself, whether the company should have had to or not had to apologize, whether you believe her words are true or not true, that all sort of comes up to you. But this is America. There is still free speech. ESPN does have the right to get rid of her if they believe her speech and her offside activity is a real distraction to what's going on in the air. So far, it doesn't seem like it is, although they have suspended people for saying less, to be honest, and they suspended people for saying more but kept them on the air, uh, to be honest. ESPN has issues with its own self in diversity and things like that. So we'll see how this plays out. You can have all the conspiracy theories you want to on this one, but sometimes they do turn out right, believe it or not. It goes to a record-crushing $51 million on a Friday box office to make lots more money for the weekend. So see plenty of you'll see plenty of It Clowns around for a while. And I'm sure the It Clown will be a pretty big Halloween costume for the 2017 season. Best Buy is stopping the sale of the Russian-based Kapersky products. Also in the news, uh, the, the, the government, the, the government of the United States, is ending its sale and use of the Kapersky products. Why? Because they're essentially created by a Russian company, and there's a lot of issues on whether the Russians are using various things to get into various systems, i.e. selling what should be a harmless uh, malware system to keep your computer safe, but allow them to hang out and pull that data as well. No one's really sure what's being done. So Kapersky, one of the more popular, and you'll hear in the commercials, the most popular uh, programs for antivirus and malware is getting pulled from the shelves in Best Buy officially and taking off of all government computers as of now. The photographer who uh, had to deal with the monkey taking his camera, taking a selfie, and making all the cash has gotten a settlement. So the photographer will now start to get some money from the, <laughs> the selfie picture that is being around that the copyright is owned by the photographer however the settlement says he will donate a big chunk of money to a preserve for wildlife animals that should make everybody happy monkey got his picture he don't care he got his 15 minutes of fame crayola has revealed its new name of his new blue crayon it is now called beautiful there you go a new startup is looking to make bodegas um, and mom and pop corner stores corner stores obsolete. So if you're in a, a essentially in a large metropolitan area that uh, deals with the smaller stores that you, you don't have to deal with grocery stores or convenience stores, uh, the small mom and pops that make their livings literally literally living in their stores, make things happen. A new startup is looking to phase that out because we're always looking to make things more convenient, but the for convenience you may lose a bit of culture and lose a bit of just just nostalgia. So we'll see what's going on. A lot of people up in arms on whether this thing actually takes off or not, but a lot of people were up in arms with the spread of Walmarts, and you see what Walmarts have done to the nation. Hollywood is now in the blame game, or always has been. They're throwing a lot of tomatoes at Rotten Tomatoes, saying that the site and its reviews of their movies are telling, sending people not 
basically telling people not to go. However, studies of the review sites saying that reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and many other sites don't necessarily uh, go into the way people go to movies anyway. Mostly, it's the marketing and, oddly enough, a much smarter public who sees things in details and read between the lines and then finds out whether they want to go or not. According to Newsbusters, 91% of Trump's news coverage over the summer was negative. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Volkswagen is going to offer electric versions of all its vehicles by 2030. Now, we've been talking about uh, the electric vehicle revolution, essentially, for months here in the conversation. And this is another shot of another company who is going essentially all out, at least really close to it, fairly soon. Hillary Clinton calls for an end to the Electoral College because she blamed that plus everybody else, sort of herself, but basically everybody else for her losing the election. She obviously lost Electoral College and she won the popular vote, but we have to get rid of Electoral College. Nobody really complains about the Electoral College until they actually lose because of it, except for Donald Trump, who won because of it. Okay. The next iPhone will cost you $1,000. Yes, the $999 base price for the iPhone 10, written iPhone X, yes, they skipped the 9, uh, is going to be $1,000 for the lower version. You can still get a new or improved iPhone 8 for a little less, around $600. But yes, we've been talking about the rumored $1,000 cell phone. Is that cell phone really worth $1,000? People are going to pay for it, so there, there's, your, there's your go for that one. And we're almost wrapping up. I told you, brevity not so great in this edition. We also had the former New York senator who opposed smoking pot joins the marijuana lobbying group in New York because that's what things do. Uh, the mystery fang sea creature washed up on the beach after Hurricane Harvey in Texas. People have no idea what this freaky-looking thing is, but it's real, so maybe people will start looking for it. And the number 84 story, the low story of the day, of the week, I should say, is Target. So if you're looking for a holiday job, 100,000 holiday season jobs are going to be open by Target. You can start seeing those opening up fairly soon. Now let's go over some of the people we lost over the past uh, seven, eight days, starting off with the women who helped the federal, um, help in federal gay and marriage ban died at the age of 88. And bear with me because I had to pull this up on a separate sheet to get it. And, of course, because I deal with electronics, the tablet froze up. That is Edith Windsor, who helped end gay marriage ban. She died at the age of 88 uh, over the week. Also passing Troy Gentry of Montgomery Gentry in a helicopter crash. Country music star Don Williams also dying. He had a short illness. Uh, Troy Gentry, uh, I don't have his age here. I'm sorry about that. Don Williams, I do have. He died at the age of 78. At the age of 72, we lost Don Olmeyer, another Don. He is a legendary producer for sports for ABC and the creator of Monday Night Football. Actor from The Sopranos, actor from Goodfellas, actor from a lot of those types of movies. Frank Vincent died at the age of 78. And then we have the godfather of British theater, his name Sir Peter Hall. He died this week also at the age of 86. And that is going to wrap up everything we have for our weekly wrap-up podcast for this week, the week ending September the 16th, 2017. We apologize for not being as brief as we have been uh, in past editions, but we're trying to get back into the swing of things. We thank you so much for being patient with me and be patient with all the things we have going on. We hope to return to the brackets next week, a little more fun and unfortunately a lot longer of a podcast. We hope that we will find a way to 
tone down some of the actual stories to make things fit in a tighter fashion. In the meantime, we need you to be around for everything we do. It's just the point of what we have for This is the Conversation. And I say it often, but I'm going to repeat it one more time. If you don't know anyone who is not a part of this thing, let them know. Share it with some friends. Share it with some enemies. Share it with a few random strangers so we have more people in the conversation for more, greater, better er conversations. And to be a part of it, all you have to do is follow us on Twitter. Look for TH underscore conversation. Look for This is the Conversation on Facebook. And make sure we're in your feed. Make sure you see our posts in your feed. And, of course, our main website is this is a conversation.com. Follow us on everywhere you do on social media. Follow us in the podcast form. That means subscribe wherever it is you like your podcast from. And please leave a rating and review to help people see how well or how not so well we're doing. Hopefully you think we're doing well. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spreaker. We're on um, Podbean. We're on whatever. If you like your own particular podcatcher, go to the website, click on the link for the RSS feed, and get it into your feed directly. Uh, We don't want you to miss out on a podcast. And now that we're doing them once a week, we're making it so you don't have to feel like you're missing out on all the love every single day. You get a little less in there, but we get a lot more in this one big podcast, and we do our best to make sure it's a better one production instead of seven smaller, not-so-great productions. And, of course, thank you for being you, being a part of everything that you are, everything that you do, and just being great people into the news, into current events, into politics, into our conversations. Make sure you're reacting as much as possible. Don't forget, we're going to hopefully get you paid if you join our conversation survey panel at thisisaconversation.surveypanel. Also, find out what else I'm doing, what other projects I have going on online by stopping by my main website, jclevenpain.net. Three more thank yous. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of the audience, part of the conversation, keeping things going here, uh, stopping by, seeing our sponsors, and just doing what you can to spread the word of This Is a Conversation. Keep on doing it. Keep on loving it. Keep on being here. More from next week in the Conversation Weekly Wrap-Up from This Is a Conversation.com. 